We're going to continue with our Blessed Life series, and this is part two. And what do I mean by living the blessed life? There's a way to live it biblically. The Bible says that when you live your life biblically, you will be blessed. It's not that you may be blessed. It's not that you, may, you have a chance of being blessed. You will be blessed. There's a huge difference. And I want you to know this, this afternoon that your enemy is opposed to you discovering principles found in God's word that will, that will uh, keep you down. He wants to keep you down from discovering those principles because he knows that the moment you discover certain principles, biblical principles I'm talking about, they will take you to the next level of blessing. Yes. Amen. Now, it's great when we first came to church or maybe like you and I was in my mid-20s when I got tired of life, of, of the same thing over and over, of waiting for the next party. Friday, yeah, Saturday, we're going to go and get high and get drunk and do all this stuff. And I got tired of that. And then finally, the Lord, he, he knocks on my door, and I've shared the story with you, and, and my life was transformed, and I was forgiven. That's a huge blessing right there, amen? It's a blessing and a half to just say, Lord, thank you that my seas, my seas, my sins are now forgotten, no longer remembered against me, now in the sea of forgetfulness. And that is a blessing that nobody can, that you can't buy, that you can't pay for. But I'm talking now about living now in your day-to-day life beyond that. See, that's just step one. That's your foundation right there as a believer, where God removes the sins and says, look, I've erased that part of your life. Now I'm giving you a new start. What are you going to do with it? And I believe it's God's plan that every one of us learn to live to be blessed. Amen? Now, once you do this, once you begin to live these principles, it will transform your life. I promise you it will transform your life. It will transform your your marriage, your family, your health, your relationships. But it will do more than that. It impacts the kingdom of God. It impacts the kingdom of heaven outside these walls. So, as I mentioned last week, what does it mean to say, I am blessed? Because we hear that often. We hear, hear somebody say, hey, how you doing? I'm blessed. I'm highly favored, right? We, we, I say that every now and then. But what does that mean? It means to have wholeness spiritually, mentally, psychologically, in all capacity, to, to have wholeness. That means to be blessed. It means to be walking in favor in relationships. It means to be walking in favor in your job place. It means to have a blessed life. How many want to sign up for that? Sound good? You already have that. She has discovered the principles. Amen? And uh, the opposite of being blessed is to be Cursed. cursed, which is selfish. When we are selfish, we really are cursed. We do Put a curse on ourselves. But I, I want to talk to you about one of the principles. And uh, at the outset last week, I mentioned that once a year I preach on this. I don't ever preach on, on finances or, or giving because I don't want you to ever come to this church thinking, oh, that's all they ever do here is speak on this you know, money or this topic. And if you've been a part of our church, you know I don't. In fact, we have a basket back there. We don't pass it around. And if you want to give, as the Holy Spirit tells you, the basket's back there. So this time of the year, I want to talk to you about tithing. And 
You may not have heard what that is. You may not know even how to give. And uh, I've asked someone to come up and speak. So if that someone can come up here and get ready to speak, um, I want her to share what it means to her, what um, tithing is meant, what it's done for her. So come on up. Give Ivy a big hand if she comes up. How many know it's not easy sometimes coming up and sharing? But Ivy, could you tell us, uh, just in your own words, what you discovered about tithing, what kind of a blessing that has been in your life? And here's the mic. Thank you. So when I first uh, heard about tithing, um, you know, I think the natural reaction, if you're not used to tithing, is, I don't want to give my money away, you know, my hard-earned money. Um, and then, I, you know, God was working on my heart, and I said, oh, okay, that means if I give, I'm going to get something. So I'm like, okay, I want to get something, so I'm going to give. Um, but as, you know, Pastor Rick uh, preached on it and taught me more about it, and I, I really reflected on it, um, it wasn't about me giving to get. It was really me giving because it was not mine. And then, as Pastor Rick has said, it's from the heart, giving from the heart. And now, you know, it, it, different seasons in my life, like this season is, I don't want to just give to get. I want to give get and to be blessed i mean to bless someone else amen so yes i'm blessed to be a blessing and um like i like to make money but i want to make money for the right reasons i want to be mm -hmm. able to further the kingdom and and just give more away if it's like money if it's resources so that's my blessing with um the tithing so amen it really is um, a powerful principle um it, it takes you off of your issues or my issues and, you know, it helps me to say, okay, at least I have this much and I can bless with this. How can I give some back or, you know, what God tells me to give? Because I know he's going to bless and the rest of it. Um, so that's my tithing uh, blessing. Amen. Give her a big hand. Amen. Thank you, Ivy. So if you heard her, the natural instinct in us is, wait a minute. You want me to give away my hard-earned money? Well, first of all, Pastor Rick doesn't want you to give away anything that you don't want to give. Um, one of the things I love about our church is when, when people do give, they put on their checks or on an envelope, they'll say, cheerful giver or given with joy, given with love. I love that because it tells me that you're giving with the right attitude. It's not give to get, as she was saying. It's giving to give and then learning to be blessed with what God gives you. Amen? Amen. So I want to talk to you today about where do we find these principles in God's word? What is he talking about when we mention the word tithe? But first, realize this, that God is a giver. I mentioned last week, the most quoted scripture in the Bible is found in John chapter 3 and verse 16. God so loved the world that he, what? He gave. He gave his only begotten son, the Bible says, Jesus Christ. He is a giver. He is a giver. So it starts with that. God is a giver. Say that right now with me. God is a giver. We are his children. He wants us to be givers of our time, our talents, and our treasures. That's what we're called to do as believers. But here, check this out here. This sometimes amazes people. But did you know in the word of God, that there are 500, over 500 verses regarding prayer in the Word of God. There are over 500 verses 
regarding faith in the Word of God, but that there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible regarding money and finances? Yeah, it got quiet. People don't realize that. There's a reason for that. And if any of you here, hopefully not, don't raise your hand, have ever gone bankrupt, you know why the Lord talks about this. If any of you here have ever been in financial trouble, you know why the Lord talks about this. We need to understand what biblical principles are regarding financial management. It will go well with you. Here's another statistic I want to throw out there. The average church of the people that attend, the attendees, 20% of them are tithers, the average church. And um, ours is more than double that. I'll just tell you that right now. And which is awesome, which is great. I want to tell you that right now. We have a church that loves to give. We wouldn't be able to afford to rent this facility out if it was not for you. Give yourselves a big hand, um, including what pastor gives as well. Amen. Amen. So the main principle behind tithing and giving is the fact that we do what we do with our money shows where our heart is. Let's read Matthew chapter 6 and verse 20, 21. It says this, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your treasure? Uh, it's often been said this um, in the past when people would do checkbooks. You know, now everything's done online. But people that do checkbooks, show me your checkbook and I'll show you where your heart is. Because that's where they're investing in, the, in, their, in their, where their treasure is. If it says just... Um, Macy's, 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 Macy's. I know where your heart's at. What's the story you guys? No, never mind. <laughs> you know, I, I can pinpoint exactly where your heart's at. Here's what I want you to understand, though, this morning or this afternoon. Tithing is an offering to God of the first tenth of our increase or our income, which is thoroughly biblical. Now, you may be here today going, Pastor Rick, I've never tithed in my life. That's fine. doesn't mean that you're... You're going to hell. I don't want you to get that, okay? What I want you to learn, though, is the principle behind it and how your life can be blessed if you learn to give biblically, okay? Just follow with me. Amen. Tithing is a significant test. Everybody say test. Yes. Of our love for our faith in our Lord. Amen? It's a test. And, and those that tithe are really walking and, and living out by faith this scripture that we're about to read. Look at Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. This is where we get uh, the most popular text for tithing. And listen to these words. It says this, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. It's the only place in the entire Bible where God says, test me, test me. I challenge you, test me. And believe me, if he's saying, test me, I'm going to test him. Lord, I'm going to test you to see if this is really a biblical principle. Now, you may be looking at it and saying, well, Pastor Rick, it's talking about food there, not income. Well, you got to remember, back in, back in the days there, they, they gave of their, of their crops. They gave of their, ran, of their farm animals and so forth. That was their income. Now, 
uh, unless I, I've missed something, I don't see any sheep herders in here or farmers in here. Um, we all make income. That is how we give of our tithes, of our, of our offerings. Amen? So the word tithe in the Bible literally means a tenth part, 10%. The number 10 is a very symbolic and important number in the Word of God. And I want to show you this. I want to show you this because it's important to remember. I said at the outset, it's a test. It's a test from God. In the book of Exodus, the Pharaoh's heart was tested by 10 plagues. Remember that? 10 plagues came against them. It was a test. God's standard of righteousness is found in the Ten Commandments. Jacob was tested ten times while working for his father-in-law Laban. He changed his wages ten different times. Daniel, in the first chapter of the book of Daniel, is tested for ten days, the Bible says. And then furthermore, in the New Testament, Jesus talks about the parable of the ten virgins. Every one of these are a test. If you go back and read these, these texts, they are a test. And then finally, in Revelation chapter 2, it mentions 10 days of testing. 10 days of testing. So I could give you other scriptures, but the point here is that God provides a test with the number 10. It's symbolic. Okay, so we've established it's a test. All right? So again, let's go back to the principle here. Let's turn back in Exodus, I believe it's on your outline, chapter 13 and verse 2. Chapter 13 and verse 2. And um, if we don't have that, we don't have that. Let me read that to you. Consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether man or animal. This was God's command to the Israelites. And I'm showing you this because I'm going somewhere. It's the principle of the firstborn. Everybody say firstborn. firstborn. Okay, listen to this principle. According to the Old Testament law, the firstborn was to be either sacrificed or redeemed. Sacrificed or redeemed. There was no other option. Every time one of their livestock animals was born, they were to sacrifice it or redeem it. Every time their crops were given, they were to sacrifice them or redeem them. And... And if you had to redeem it, you redeemed it with a clean, spotless lamb. A lamb of God, remember? It's, it's going to come in the New Testament. Now, parallel that when Jesus came on the scene and John the Baptist sees him. What were the, what were the words that John the Baptist declared? Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. See, what John was noticing, what he recognized was that Jesus, Jesus was the first Born. He was the firstborn. The Bible calls him the firstborn. And that Jesus here was clean, was perfect, was unblemished in any way. And God provided him as a firstborn for us. Okay, follow, follow me with this. I know it's, I'm getting there, but uh, you got to follow me here. So now, the, the parable or the parallel between the Old Testament sacrifice and Jesus in the New Testament. Jesus was sacrificed to redeem us. See, he went to the cross and he redeemed us. How many remember, let's date ourselves today, all those with uh, gray hair like me, but how many remember blue chip stamps? Okay, there's a few hands that went up. You remember blue chip stamps. 
you, you filled these little books up and you put little stamps in there. And then once you filled up your little booklet, you took them to the redemption center and you got yourself a picture, picture a, a dishes, a toaster, uh, you know, all these little things, usually kitchen appliances from what I remember or what I was told. I'm just kidding. But they were redeemed. Jesus, in the same way, redeemed you and gave you new life. When he came as the firstborn as a sacrifice for you and I, he was the firstborn, the Bible says. In a sense, God was saying, here is my tithe. Jesus, the firstborn, spotless, perfect. He will redeem each of you. Are you tracking with me? Amen? This is a holy thing with God. It's a serious thing with God, this thing of a test, of a tithe. We have to learn to bring our first fruits offering, our tithe, in much the same way. Before we ever see the blessing of God, we have to learn to give by faith. Amen. How many know that it takes faith to give sometimes? Sometimes you look and say, Lord, I hope um, I have month left over at the end of my money. How many have ever been there? Right? You don't have to raise your hands. We've all been there. But did you know it takes faith at times to trust God to supply your needs? It takes faith. There, there is a way that, that God wants you to do this. See, it's easy for someone, um, for, for a millionaire, a billionaire that walks in this door and writes a check out for $1,000. Is that faith and a sacrifice? No. No, of course not. Anybody can do that. Just like any one of us can, can give a dollar or ten dollars, typically that, that's not a huge sacrifice. God wants us to trust in Him. That's the principle I'm trying to get and drive at here. We give in faith. Amen? Yeah. Let me read some more scriptures here. Exodus chapter 23 and 19 says this, Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Bring the best, bring the first fruits, bring the first part to the house of the Lord. Proverbs 3 and verse 9 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. And then 2 Chronicles 31 verse 5, As soon as the order went out, the Israelites generously gave the first fruits of their grain, new wine, oil, and honey, and all that the fields produced. Are you capturing a pattern here of the first fruits? The first fruits, the best, the very beginning, the very, the very first part that you get. And, and what we're trying to establish here is how they, the Israelites at that time, knew that they had to give the first part, not the end, not what was left over. Say, Lord, I've take, I'm going to take care of this, and then I have some left over, I'll give to you. They learned that, that they had to give the first fruits to, to God himself. This is the only place in the entire Bible where you will see that we are to test God. And I would encourage you today, if you've never heard that spelled out, declared, decreed, that you would test God and say, okay, Lord, I understand that blessings will flow. That scripture, can we put uh, Malachi 3.10 back up on the screen? If, if your word of God, if the word of God says this, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, so everybody say so much blessing, so much blessing. that you will not be able or have room enough for it. Amen. 
I don't know about you, but as I said last week, sign me up for that one. I want to be a part of that. And what am I talking about when I say full of blessing or have enough room for it? Here's what you hear mistakenly out in the Christian world oftentimes. And and Ivy kind of alluded to it, is that um, pastors will teach you this mistakenly. Give to get. Well, if I give... Um, you know, a dollar, I'm going to get $10 back. Or give, how many times have you heard a preacher say, you know, you plant this seed money and you're going to get, if you plant a thousand, you'll get 10,000. Now, God's got to speak to you on that. God's got to speak to you on that. Um, I'm not, I'm never going to tell you that. If God tells you that, God bless you. But I will never tell you that. Uh, One of the things that we need to learn to do is to give willingly and with a grateful heart. Amen. And watch how he opens these blessings to you of relationship, of blessing in the, in the, in the workplace, in your marriage, with your children. Everywhere you go, you have blessing after blessing. It's not by coincidence. It's not your good looks. It's not your great personality. How many know God walks before you, behind you, on the sides of you? And he's blessing your life when you walk in obedience to him. How many have seen a distinct difference in their life since they gave their heart to Christ and began following this principle? Amen. I can't, I mean, I just can't tell you the blessings in my life because of this. But yes, I can. (laughs) Here's why. Because I had a life before Christ and I have a life now after I came to know him. And I can tell you this. I, I had a first marriage and two kids And it was not lived the way that I live now. I didn't live the way I live now. And that life was so different because I didn't live these principles here. My my kids experienced pain and suffering and so forth. And I'm not saying it's all perfect now. But what I do know now is both of my children walk with God. Both of my children tithe of their own money willingly. I don't tell them to. They tithe willingly. Both of them have received blessings in their life. My wife receives blessing. We have a great marriage now after 25 years. It's not perfect, but we have been working at this because we have followed the principles in his word. And and I can't emphasize that enough. The blessings, in my humble opinion, are heaped on you in relationships, in relationships. God gave us this house that we live in right now. We prayed for that. Specifically, you've been in our house, and we prayed for that to be a house of ministry. And he opened that door. And I don't believe it was because um, anything else other than he wanted to honor our obedience. Amen? God was honoring our obedience to him. So again, are we to test God? Yes, test him in that. This principle of the first fruits is significant and very important to God. It, it ensures that the first of anything is given because when it's given, the first part, it's never lost. Follow me on this. Track with me. In other words, what we give to God, we don't lose because God redeems it for us. God redeems the, when we give the first part. He redeems it for us. So what we withhold from God, he doesn't redeem. If you give him the leftover, He doesn't redeem that. He only redeems the first fruits, the first part. You can say, well, Pastor Rick, I gave 10%, but here's, here's how it works. Let me just break it down. Simple terms. I get a check. Here's my check. And it says right there, my weekly salary at the perfect puree of Napa Valley where I work at, where I get paid. And it breaks it down here. 
And the first thing I do is, what I typically do, I text my, my, my tithe. We can text. You saw the ways to give. I text it. And I give every time I get paid. First, I get paid on Thursdays. That's when I give. And how much do you tithe? I tithe the gross because that's what it says, what you make. That's what I tithe. So I tithe that. And then the Bible says that when you give the first part, he redeems the rest. Now I know that with the rest of that money, God is going to redeem that. He's going to bless that. But listen to this. When I don't give the first part of this check, the word of God is saying he doesn't redeem the rest. Do you hear me? You may still have quite a bit left. Or you may still have a lot, but he won't redeem it because you didn't give the first part. Give the first 10%, the Bible is saying, and he will redeem the rest. And that is when you see blessings in your life. That is when you begin to see, by walking in faith and obedience, God doing miraculous things in your life that you never could have imagined. Amen? Amen. The first belongs to God. Say that with me. Belongs to God. See, we can give God the first of our time. We give him the first of our finances. We can give him the first of our talents, of our treasures. God, I'm going to give to you first and trust you for the rest is what you have to remember. That's what tithing is all about. It's giving him your first part and trusting him to redeem the rest. How many here have been without food to eat? Uh, the Bible says that he will not forsake those that he loves. They will not be without food. They will not be without shelter. He will provide for you. Amen. The Bible says that. That's a promise for you. Amen. Now, it always requires faith to give first. As, as uh, Ivy alluded to, you know, Lord, I don't know if I want to give my hard-earned money. It takes faith. It took faith for you to walk into a church and say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I receive you into my heart. That all took faith. Amen. It didn't just happen, happen um, intellectually. It happened by faith, and you receive the Lord Christ into your life, and he transformed your life from that day forward. What you're doing by tithing is you're saying this, Lord, I recognize you first in my life, and I am putting you there, and I trust you to take care of the rest of the things in my life. How many know that that's the only way to go? That is the only way to go. Amen. So, in essence, this is what it comes out down to, tithing comes down to this. It's the attitude of our hearts. It's the attitude. Here's the question I would ask you today. Do I trust God enough to give him the first part every time? Do I trust God enough to give him the first part? Do I trust him? Now, I don't want you to raise your hand or shout it out loud. Just, just let that question Go around in your mind right now. Do I trust God to give him the first part? And that's what you and I have to work on. Work on that. The question, this question becomes huge because God has woven this principle of the first fruits into the spiritual creation himself. Check this out. The principle declares this. The first portion is the redemptive portion. And when that portion is given to God... The rest is redeemed. The rest is redeemed. Here's, again, what I want to challenge you to, to learn, to grow in, is 
that as you acknowledge this principle in your daily life, it means confronting with, with honesty, with, with, a, with abandon sometimes, and just saying, Lord, um, who's really first in my life? Who's really first in my life? It really comes down to that. Because see, here's the, here's the funny thing about finances. You know, We can say, well, Lord, I can give you my time. I'll even give you my talents. But don't touch my money. That's mine. And if you were here last week, I shared that principle of the $100 bill. I remember the $100 bill. I like to use that analogy. Many people here have seen it five times by now. But the principle in that is, if you weren't here last week, I said, you know, something happened with my car and I could use 100 bucks to fix a tire. And all of a sudden my brother comes marching up and he's holding up a $100 bill. And I'm standing up here amazed. And some of you that have never seen that are going, wow, look at that guy. He's giving him a $100 bill. And I took that $100 bill from him. And, and he goes back and sits down. And, and then I break it to everybody. I say, well, see, what you guys don't know is before the service, I gave him that $100 bill. And I asked him to do that. That's why it was so easy for him to give it to me. Because it wasn't his. Amen? Amen. It wasn't his. Just the same way that the finances you have, the bank account, the 401k, the pension, the weekly check, whatever it is that you get, it isn't yours. You, it might have your name on it, but it's not yours. It's his. The car you drove in, I don't care if it's a 1981 or if it's a 2019, it isn't yours. It's his. The house you live in, it's not yours. It's his. Do you understand that principle? You know, and it's just amazing sometimes how we can say, Lord, I'll give you everything else, but I won't give you my finances. That's off limits. And that's fine. You know, like I said at the outset, it's not going to send you to hell. You know, I'm not saying or suggesting that at all. All I'm saying is that there are so many blessings to be had for you when you walk in obedience to these principles. And the people that have discovered that, I could point to them. And you, in fact, I don't have to because you can recognize it by their life. You can recognize it when you see their life. They are walking in obedience. And I'll just share this last thing as we close. People that are always struggling financially, people that are struggling financially, I promise you this one thing. They don't tithe. And that's not a guilt trip. I don't say that for that, okay? So just understand that. They have yet to discover this principle of giving. Because I tell you, when you discover that principle, that, that problem of finances, God takes care of you. He redeems the rest. Amen? He truly redeems the rest. Now, in closing, I want to see that, you know, each of us can just learn that. So if you are not tithing 10%, how about this? Start with 1%. Start somewhere. Uh, Just to to get to that scripture here where the Lord says he'll open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing, just try 1%. And then try 2%. And walk in obedience and faith and see what God does. As the scripture here says, test him in this. Don't test me. Test the Lord. It's his word, not mine. 
And I, I didn't do that when I first became a believer. I, I will be honest with you. I did not do this principle or follow it. But after a few years, I realized, wait a minute. The people I see blessed, they all tithe. I want to be like that. I want to be blessed. So I started tithing. I've been tithing for well over 30 years now. And it's been a huge blessing in our lives, in, in my life. The scriptures teach that Christians are to be generous, sacrificial, expectant, and cheerful givers. Let me ask you this. Does that describe you today? I believe it does. It describes um, you here today. Now, it's my, it's my prayer that the Holy Spirit would have you rethink if you have not ever given in, that, in this capacity. To have you rethink how you've been giving, how you've approached giving. Amen? I grew up just putting a dollar in the plate, and that was good. That was because that alleviated my conscience. Well, I gave. That's how I grew up. See, well, there was no, no principle ever taught on it. But now that I've discovered what the Word of God says, it's, oh, I get that. I understand that, and I want to have a blessing for me, my family, and my children, and my grandchildren, and on and on and on. It's amazing the blessings that will come and follow you because of your obedience. Amen? Amen. Stand with me this afternoon as we close. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you today that you would challenge every one of us. Uh, Lord, this, again, this, this sermon isn't about trying to get people to give money. It's about trying to give them to give their heart to you, Lord. It's trying to be generous, Lord, as we touched on last week. Lord, we do have a giving church of, of their time, talents, but some of us may struggle with the treasures part of it, with giving. Maybe some of us have never given or don't give on a regular basis. Lord, I pray as I speak to those people in particular, I pray, Holy Spirit, speak to them and ask them to begin to think about these principles and your word and how they can impact their life in a positive way. Again, my prayer is, Lord, show us how to be generous. Show us how to be generous today. Show us how to live this blessed life by giving of our, of our tenth, giving you the first fruits. And Lord, when we do that, we would be standing in amazement at how you redeem the rest Lord, I pray today for every single one here today that they would be a cheerful giver, number one. Number one, the Bible says, be a cheerful giver. If you give against with a grudging heart, keep it, folks, keep it. But Lord, I pray everyone here would be a cheerful giver. So Lord, we start there and we pray that those that have never given of their tithe, that they would be encouraged today to just give 1%, 2%. And let it grow and show them, Father, how the windows of heaven can be poured open in their lives and blessings will flow. Blessings of relationship, marriages, relationship with their children, with the grandchildren, the workplace, that things would be in your will and in accordance to your will, Father. We pray that today, Lord. And Lord, today, before we close, I would ask that uh, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and all this is new to you still and you don't know 
much about this principle, but you know that God has drawn you here. And God is speaking you to you right now. And He's telling you, I love you. I love you, my child. If that's you here, if you're here today and that's you, I want you to know this. He loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for you. And the Word of God says this, that when you ask Him to forgive you of your sins, when you say, Lord, forgive me, come into my life, I accept you as Lord and Savior. I believe you rose again on the third day. When you say a prayer like that, the Bible says that not only does He forgive you, He becomes your Savior at that moment and gives you eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. With every head bowed, if anybody here is in that place, just raise your hand so I can pray with you. Raise your hand and you want to receive Christ for the first time today. Or maybe you want to renew your life again in Jesus. Just raise your hand and I'm going to pray with you. Yes, I see your hand. Yes. You can put your hands down. Let's say this prayer, church, together. Just mean this prayer. With me, as I say this prayer, repeat this prayer and mean it with your heart. Heavenly Father, I come before you. I am a sinner and I need you. Forgive me of my sins. All my wrongdoings. Lord, I believe you went to the cross for me. You died for me. You rose again on the third day to give me eternal life. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of everlasting life. In Jesus' name I pray.